Welcome. This is the Life Habits podcast series. My name is Carl Vredenberg. And my name is Paige Heron. This is the series that helps you to learn new habits to optimize your life and embrace an enlightened, healthy, and prosperous lifestyle. This is episode 118, and the topic for today is landing the job. Carl did a previous episode, LH55, entitled Getting the Job, that provided an introduction to this topic, mostly focusing on the interview. Today's session will be an update to that episode. Let's start, as we usually do, with some insightful quotes. Carl, why don't you share the first one? I sure will, Paige. And it's one of my favorites, actually from Albert Einstein. It goes, strive not to be a success, but rather to be of value. And the real point of this is, the if you focus on the value, success will follow. So what's your favorite quote, Paige? My favorite quote is, my advice to other disabled people would be, concentrate on the things your disability doesn't prevent you from doing well, and don't regret the things that it interferes with. Don't be disabled in spirit as well as physically. And that's a quote by Stephen Hawking. And that quote speaks to me because it's very easy to get caught up in the things your disability prevents you from doing and focusing on those rather than focusing on the things you're still able to do and you can still do well. So don't allow a physical disability, for example, to disable your mind. And let's round it out with one more, this time Barack Obama. You can't let your failures define you. You have to let your failures teach you. And a lot of people talk about that, about learning from failures. But when it comes to job seeking, I think it really does require you to sit back and learn from, let's say you just did an interview and you didn't get that job. Ideally, you'd get some feedback in terms of how you did, but even your own sort of perception in terms of how it went and how you would have said things differently is, I think, really helpful. Now, don't get down about it, but really do just think about what you did do could have been improved. So I think it's, it's really a useful quote to focus on with regard to actually job seeking. For sure. And some of the most successful people in this world had many, many failures before they found what worked. And the difference between someone who is successful and isn't is that they keep trying and failing until they figure out what works and then they have success. And we can all implement that in our life in all aspects. And it's worth mentioning too, Paige, that we're in a period of time right now when there's a lot of people out of work and it's really hard to deal with a lot of failures like that. And to your point, that shouldn't discourage somebody from not trying. I know some people have told me, well, I've tried, I've interviewed for a lot of jobs and there's just no jobs out there for me and I'm going to give up. It's like, no, you still need to keep rolling. And as this quote pointed out, really try to learn from your experiences thus far. And we also just have a whole bunch of additional recommendations as well. So whereas that previous episode that Paige mentioned, episode 55, talked about the interview itself that assumes you've gotten to the interview. And I think the current environment that we're in, you need to even focus more directly on getting noticed so you could actually get the interview, you know, as well. So 
we're going to take a different perspective, me uh, from a employer's point of view, because that is what I am and what I do. And Paige will take the point of view of the job seeker. She has some more experience on as well. So I've written a lot of LinkedIn posts this year telling my followers about positions that I'm hiring for in my organization at IBM. And even in those conversations on LinkedIn, I acknowledge how tough it is right now for so many people, especially in tech, who are out of a job. And it really deeply saddens me to see so many people who react to my posts and who are DMing me, who have the, quote, open to work, end of quote, tag on their profile picture. It's really sad. In addition to me doing my part in hiring a good number of employees, basically UX researchers and designers in my case, I'd also like to provide some advice, and Paige and I do, with regard to job seekers and job changers from an employer's perspective. I do have a lot of experience looking for jobs, especially in recent years that are appropriate given my chronic conditions. And in fact, Carl, you've been a really great mentor to me when applying for jobs and helping me look for jobs and think about jobs that best suit my health limitations. And of course, we've collaborated on my current job working here with you on the podcast. So we'll talk about strategies for people who have particular constraints as well. Okay, let's get started with our recommendations. And let's start with the first. So the first is to read basically the job posting, whether it's on LinkedIn or wherever, and understand what the job requirements really are. When it says, for example, that the job requires that you need to be physically in the city specified and be able to work in that country, don't apply if you're looking for a remote position. You're wasting your time and, in my case, my time. Similarly, when it says that the only way to apply is to use the links to submit your application, just do that. And don't send your resume and portfolio and the like in DMs or emails or the like as well. In my case, the type of person I'm looking for, a UX researcher, should have an attention to detail. That's what I'm looking for. And not having read the details of the job posting, in my mind, is an automatic red flag. And it probably is in most cases of employers looking for candidates. So really focus on the actual job request and what it entails. It's really important to read the instructions, read the details, make sure that you align with those. And I have a little anecdote. A family member told me a long time ago that he had got this test in school and the teacher handed out the test and said, read all of the instructions carefully before you start. So a lot of people just started the test and the people that read the test went and handed it in and they left because the instructions were to not do the test and they actually got some cash if they followed the right instructions. So this is just a real world example of how important it is to read the instructions. And same thing with jobs. If you read the instructions, you're the right fit and you apply, you might end up with that cash reward of having the job and having a paycheck at the end of it. That's a great example, Paige. And, you know, you really should see the application process as not only 
being the time when you show up for an interview, if you get one, that that's where it starts. No, it starts with the very thing we're talking about here. Really, really carefully look at you know what is there. Now, a lot of people will also talk about that, well, you need to, you know, amp yourself up a bunch. And so you have to be more aggressive. You need to be more assertive and not just look at, you know, basically just go for it is, is what a lot of people will, will say. But there's limits to that. We'll get into that in a few moments here. But the main point here is always read, 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 read and understand what they're actually looking for, which is also, you know, our number two here to really make sure that you actually then satisfy the basic requirements of the job. Like I said, you can be more venturous and be more creative in terms of describing what you have in terms of satisfying the basic requirements of the job. And I talk about that a little bit in episode 55 as well, that you can be more expansive and creative in describing, you know, what your skills are, but they have to be accurate. You can't make stuff up. So I always look for people in research roles. UX research is a very specific discipline. And I get a lot of applications, like hundreds and hundreds. In total, it's been more than a thousand applications this year for the the roles that I've had posted. And what's interesting is that we spent an awful lot of time wading through many, 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 many applications that aren't anywhere near the actual requirements of the job. Like a lot of designers will apply for it. And designers typically have maybe one course, maybe two courses on UX research. That's not sufficient for what I'm looking for. I'm looking for people that have the dedicated education and experience specifically in this discipline. So again, it's not only a waste of time for you to go do, but it's also a, an experience of people that are actually reviewing what it is that you're doing is incredibly frustrating to not have even the most basic requirements of the job specified in the application form. And I think when you, you really go through those requirements, when you're doing your application, giving examples of past experience where you've done those requirements or essentially the same requirements that can be really beneficial as well when you're applying because you're demonstrating to the potential employer that yes, you have these skills and here is how you use them. Because it's easy enough to say, you know, the classic one, you have a mastery in Microsoft Office, right? Well, okay, what does that really mean? What have you used? Have you used just Word? Have you used Excel? And so on. Okay, that was great. That was number three. And Paige, why don't you take us on to the next one? While I'm talking about resumes, it's also really important to have a resume that is completely tailored to the position that you're applying to, not just have this one generic resume with, you know, maybe all of the experience you've had in your education and sending that. The cookie cutter approach isn't going to work, especially now in the climate that we're in. So back when I was applying to a lot of jobs, I would have a couple different resumes for different types of jobs. So for example, I was applying for music teaching positions. So I had a resume for that. I had a resume for working, you know, office type jobs. And when I would apply for a job, I'd look at the resume that I had in that category. And then from there, I would fine tune it even more to really look at what the requirements are, what the employer's looking for, and make sure that my resume was very much in line with that. And when it's appropriate to do so, also writing a cover letter that, you know, you're talking about 
why your skills align with what they're looking for and, you know, how you would benefit the company that you're trying to get a job with. I would add as well, Paige, that, and I mentioned this in the episode 55 as well, that you need to do a little bit of work to know the company or the organization that you're applying for in order to tailor the resume as you just described it. In order to do that, well, you need to know. And it's pretty easy to do now. Look up the place online. If you know something even about the department that you might be applying for or even the people that are in it, try to get some insight into that so you can make your resume tailored to that organization, to that even that part of the organization as well. That's spot on. The other thing I'd add, and this is number five, and this is a fairly recent phenomenon, and that is using generative AI or chat GPT. I generally used to advise that people should, and you could still do that now, ask a friend to review your resume. I did that for Paige, for example, when she would apply for jobs. I think that's really helpful because it's another set of eyes, different sort of you're the one that's writing everything. You're immersed in it yourself. Getting another set of eyes, another set of experience looking at it is really helpful. But today you can also use chat GPT or some variant of AI. And what's really cool about doing this is getting the right prompts. So asking, for example, chat GPT to take your existing resume and ask it to make it as interesting and as compelling as possible for a potential employer, but still making sure it's accurate. I actually just did this a couple of days ago for a friend of mine, and she is making a modification to her resume based on the suggestions that came from chat GPT. Here's a case where it's a very, very powerful friend that you can use, your digital friend, and can make things just more interesting, more compelling, can amp up how you appear while still being accurate. And it can be a differentiator. It can be something where the way that something's written in your resume, the way you've always written it, you have a new way of presenting it that could well catch the interest of a potential employer. So ask a friend or ask a digital friend to review and make recommendations for your resume. Another thing too with ChatGPT, whatever AI platform you're using, is to type in what your skills are, what your work experience is, what your education background is, and ask ChatGPT or whatever AI what jobs you would be good for. You did this for me recently before we decided to do this podcast together. And, you know, it was kind of, it came back with some interesting things that I never would have thought of. So that might be another avenue too on the topic of AI. Take the perspective of the hiring manager or the, in my case, organization executive. So read, as I said before, the job posting extremely carefully. Think about what the organization is actually looking for and look into the company and the organization, if possible, even the people that are posting the job, like me, I'm sure you're all aware that there are a lot of people looking for work right now. And that's making a lot of people just go for it. Just send stuff. I get probably about 25, 30 direct messages or DMs in LinkedIn per day with people looking for work. But think about it also from the other 
person's point of view, the employer's point of view. And anybody can do that. You know, sit back and if it were you that is reading, let's say, something you're submitting, think about that it's also a really competitive market right now and probably a lot of employers are getting a lot of applications, right? And I regularly get, you know, five, six, seven paragraphs written to me in a DM on LinkedIn. That's a heck of a lot of time to read through all of that. And I also find that that's not very respectful of my time. If instead you were to make the points in a few sentences or a paragraph or so, you're more likely to have me respond to you than if you were to write a dissertation, basically. And you have to realize too that that being succinct is also a real value here. And I'm looking for people also that can be thoughtful, but will also edit what they've written because they know it's something really important and not just to blather on for several paragraphs. So take the point of view of the employer. And the other one that I get a lot is, could I have 20 minutes of your time so I could learn about your career journey and find out more about the company, that kind of a line. And in normal times, I might even have the time for that. But if I have a handful of those per day, 20 minutes per is not possible, right? And what I realize is that people know that knowing somebody inside an organization is really beneficial. And I know why they're asking, right? And there's value to doing that. But when there's a huge surge of a lot of people applying for jobs, take the point of view, though, of the other person. If there's another way, don't ask for 20 minutes to have a conversation. If you wanted to record a short video that would be equivalent, let's say, that would take all of like two or three minutes, but I get to know you a little bit in person, that would be creative. Somebody that would do that, I would be impressed by. You're respecting my time. You're also conveying what it is that you want to share, but you're also doing it in a very personal you know, way as well. So give it thought in terms of from that employer's point of view, how could you be effective in understanding what they're looking for? Also the fact that they're probably seeing a lot of people like you applying. And how do you differentiate yourself while still also respecting their desires? And by the way, I know that a lot of people don't reply to DMs because people like me get so many of them in a day. I still feel bad, quite frankly, for everybody that is out of work. And so I personally reply to every single DM, but I really appreciate the ones that are, like I said before, understanding of my perspective on it and I'm more likely to follow up with somebody in a positive, you know, next step sort of way with somebody that is taking that point of view, you know, as well. I think when it comes to making those connections, less is more, as you were saying, you know, really refine what you're saying, make it succinct. Think of more creative ways to differentiate yourself, like you were saying. And maybe it's, you know, you spend the time on your application, you send in that application and then, you know, send a message saying, you know, you've applied, you're really excited for it. And then, you know, maybe like the video you were saying just to to learn a bit more, but not these, these long winded things. I think the job application process has changed even back from when I was a teenager. I think it's great to follow up after an interview, but it's not the same as, you know, you'd apply, you'd be following up things have really changed. 
So trying to be aware of that. And again, going back to really tailoring your resume, making that resume shine will also set you apart. So when an employer looks at your resume, they know what the job application says. And if they're seeing, oh, this person is showing this is where they've worked in a similar role. These are the things they've done that fulfill the requirement. You're highlighting the education. A resume doesn't need to have every single job you've ever had. Highlight the most important ones and give information, again, as I keep saying, about how your experience fulfills those requirements for the job and, you know, your relevant education. And that doesn't necessarily have to be formal education, but have you taken online courses? Have you done internships? Have you volunteered? All of those things, if they're relevant and fulfill those requirements, you should be putting on and highlighting, not the job you worked at, say, 15 that has no relevance. An employer doesn't want to see that. So that's another way to set yourself apart. And again, as I mentioned before, if you can write a cover letter, if that's appropriate for the application, then that's another great place to really highlight those skills and sit there with the posting and go, okay, each skill and make sure you're hitting all those requirements and those skills and satisfying them and saying, you know, this is how I'm able to do it. This is the experience. This is the value I will add to your company. And, you know, you would love the opportunity to come in for an interview. That kind of thing can set you apart as well. I want to build on what you just said, Paige. A couple of things. One is how things have changed since the time that you were a teenager. Things are now very automated and that there are often systems, AI systems that basically take your resume and pull the detail out of it. And so the way that you formatted it won't necessarily be seen, but your content will be. And that's the second thing that I wanted to reinforce for what you just said, Paige, that I think you also want to look at the resume ends up being basically a written version of yourself. It's imagine it being your proxy way of having an interview. It's your first opportunity to have an interview, quite frankly, your first opportunity for making an impression ideally a positive impression. So don't see it just as a matter of fact. You know, I did this, I had this education, I had these jobs. Say a little bit more about yourself. It's the opportunity to, again, differentiate, but not with all the standard old lines. You know, I love to work with people. I love to, no, that's not going to differentiate you. If you actually are a bit creative in terms of who are you really? And what values do you bring to the job or potentially bring to the job? That would really be helpful. So imagine it, the resume as being your first opportunity to have an interview, basically a digital one, and also realize that the content you have in your resume needs to shine on its own outside of the actual formatting of the resume document itself, because it probably will not be maintained in that same form. Going back to what you were saying about kind of the old way of doing things in the standard lines. Well, how can you say you have a skill like collaborating with others? Elaborate on that and how that skill would work with this job. Use examples from what the posting is saying is required. You know, how those skills and those traits will benefit the requirements of the job. 
So I said earlier that I've seen a pattern in the way that I have people approaching me with regard to applying for a job. And I like to give the advice that you shouldn't ever unquestioningly follow the advice being given, including, quite frankly, the advice that Paige and I are providing as well. Think. Think for yourself. Think about if you've read something that what you need to really do is, you know, get to know somebody in a company because you're more likely to get the job if you know somebody that is actually in that organization. Think about it creatively, not just in, and I suspect from all the interactions that I have, that a lot of people have read the same advice. And I see exactly the same sentences <laughs> coming across in DMs, for example, to me. I have a suspicion that everybody's reading the same advice. Either they're misinterpreting it or the advice was wrong in the first place. Like, for example, asking for 20 minutes with me to talk and the like. Step back from that, as I said earlier, and think about how much sense that makes. Some of the time it might be appropriate, but if you know that you're among hundreds, even thousands of people applying for a job, that probably isn't a way to approach it, right? So take whatever advice you hear, including ours, to say, does this make sense for this particular job that I'm applying for? Is it appropriate for me? Is there a way that I want to do it in a more creative way? So you'll differentiate yourself if you do it, you know, that way. So think about it from the point of view of stepping back, thinking, and then using your own approach to this as well. One size doesn't fit all when it comes to applying for jobs, and that goes for the advice around it. And I think you made a very good point of, you know, don't necessarily take our advice. Think for yourself and be creative when you're applying. Right now, as we've said, so many of people are applying for the same position. So setting yourself apart is really important. In episode 55 that you did a few, quite a few years back, it provided some great advice regarding preparing for and how to approach the interview. And that episode was focused solely on in-person interviews. But many interviews are now virtual or hybrid. For the ones that do include video, Carl, you have some great advice on your blog for how to amp up, how to show up on video. And we'll include these links in the show notes. And this is our number seven for advice. Great. And that really is important. A lot of jobs that people are applying for now do use video. And there is a lot of suggestions for how to actually show up appropriately in the blog post that uh, Paige just mentioned. So we won't go into them here, but you should really read those blog posts as well. And our number eight is really getting into, and this gets back to the Barack Obama quote too. If you're finding time and time again that you're not landing the jobs that you really want to, and you've got a sense that, or you've been actually told that you don't have the skills or the experience for it, take that and work on improving your skills and getting more experience, you know, as well. I think there really is a focus on, I think a lot of people are simply applying, 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 applying all over the place and doing everything, you know, exactly the same way. And they may not customize what it is that they're sending in. As Paige suggested, you should be tailoring, you know, your application for a particular job. But there may be a lesson in there too, that you need to get more 
skills or more experience. And as Paige said earlier, that doesn't necessarily mean getting another four-year degree or even a couple of a year master's degree and the like. Some of that could be done with online education. It's a hugely wonderful time right now to be able to get any skill on almost any topic, often for free. You can get it in YouTube. You can look at any of the education platforms, the online ones that are available now. You can amp up your skills significantly. You can also even try to do other types of experiences as well. And, and Paige, I think you probably have some additional suggestions for that as well. But we really need to focus on not just applying, applying, applying. Also realize that you may need to amp up your skills and your experience in order to actually land that job. Education and experience is everything. And as you're saying, it doesn't necessarily need to be obtained in a formal setting. And that, of course, depends on the job requirement. If you need a master's in something, you need a master's in something that's a requirement. But there's a lot of skills that you can get where, you know, it's online, it could be free or not free. You can get some sort of certification of completion and learning those skills in some cases. There's more and more one-year even college programs that you can oftentimes do remotely that will build on what you already have and set you up in a better position to have that experience for the job. I mentioned before, volunteer work and internships can be really valuable experience and show that you have that experience. And of course, that's easy to say, take an unpaid position, especially with how much the cost of living has risen since the pandemic. But if you are able to do that, it doesn't necessarily have to be full time. But if you can build on that and then show it for future applications, that can give you the leg up you need, because sometimes we're not always fully qualified for the jobs. Not that we don't necessarily have some experience or have education. The bar is just set so high. So we need to figure out ways to meet that bar where it's been set. And number nine is consider creating your own job. So for me, because I have chronic health conditions and therefore live with what's called a dynamic disability, I'm not able to go into a job you know, Monday to Friday or any combination of that. And I've had to get very creative in what kind of work I can do that is sustainable. So I was working remotely as a designer and crafter and it worked, but I discovered that it was still hard on my body because I you know, I have some good weeks and I have some bad weeks. So when you and I got together and we're talking about what I could do and we started talking about the podcast, that was a position that made sense. It's not as physically demanding on my body. And we're able to set it up in such a way that allows for when I'm not feeling well, when I do have a week or two that I really can't do anything. And it's not necessarily easy to find these, but if you're creating your own jobs, that can be a way to make that work for you. It isn't necessarily only suitable for people in similar positions with me with chronic health conditions, but having children and childcare needs, or maybe you have an elderly parent or grandparent that needs a lot of care. There's ways to find, especially with 
the internet and where we're at that you can make an income. Or maybe it's something that you're doing kind of as a, like a side hustle kind of job that is maybe allowing you to get more education to apply for the job you want or allowing you to spend that time working on applications and trying to find your dream job. So there's definitely different creative ways to go into business for yourself online, especially that can work within limitations, unique situations, or go hand in hand with another position or while you're in the process of getting that dream job that you really want. I would add to that page. I think that like what the two of us have done, reach out to a friend, a family member and talk about what ideas might be appropriate. That's how we came up with this one and having conversations with other people about similar kinds of situations that they're in. The other thing that I would add is actually think about it as a startup. You can also actually, if you have a really good idea, I've got this one former employee actually who just had this idea of what would be successful in the world as a, as a product. And she and her partner just went for it. And she was actually working at a decent income and she decided to just quit her job. And she and her partner just worked really hard at making this thing successful. It's hugely successful now. Now, most startups are not successful. Some 90% of them are not successful. But if you really give it thought, and especially while you're not employed and you have time on your hands, give it some thought. Really imagine what might be something that could really improve the lives of people, a particular thing that is an unmet need that nobody is really satisfying appropriately. And in this case, the example that I'm talking about, it wasn't like a startup, like a digital computer-based startup. It was actually a very physical one and very simple one, really, but it satisfied a particular need. And just thinking about it, coming up with the idea, that is the work. And then you need to also then make it a success, of course. But spending some of your time while you've got some time, while you're not employed, also think about the idea of what might the world need that you could have a unique contribution to making real. The most successful entrepreneurs are able to identify a problem and come up with a solution that their potential customers would benefit from that would make whatever that problem is solved and easier. So spending that time and if you can come up with things, that's a great way to potentially have a very successful business. Exactly. And I would be remiss in not mentioning something that I have written about extensively and I teach as well. And that is that just coming up with the idea isn't sufficient. You also need to validate that it's actually a problem. And the 90% of people that fail in startups largely don't do that. They come up with the idea and just start doing it. If instead you were to spend some time and again, go to my blog to read lots of techniques for how to do that. But you basically want to make sure that you want to do the research is what it's called, right? You want to validate that this thing is really going to be useful and you can do it really simply just asking other people that you know in a very specific way so that you're not leading the witness sort of thing. Would this be a great idea? And, you know, your family's going to go, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Well, no, you want to go to the actual intended users that you think would potentially buy this product. So I think there's a whole other area here of not only 
applying constantly to every job you see and then just getting down, finding out that you're not getting them. What have we said here is that you can also improve the way that you've actually done that. So improve that application, improve the resume, think about how you approach it, how you contact people in a company and how you can be more creative, you know, at doing that. We talked about the whole notion of increasing your skills and your experience to really make sure you're satisfying the needs of the job. And then also getting into the whole notion of spend some time thinking about if you were to create your own job and reaching out to other people for that as well. Yeah. And I just want to reiterate that we do recognize how hard it is right now, how many people are looking for work. And we do understand that desperation that many, many people are feeling right now. So we don't mean this to come off with a lack of compassion. We really want to help you in any way we can, but we do understand and have compassion for how people are feeling right now. Worth mentioning too, I think, Paige, that we've got other episodes in this podcast series that also talk about topics like resilience and talking about how to deal with adversity and how to amp up your mental health and the like. And so I think you're absolutely right, Paige, that thinking about the challenges that people are having with this right now and the number of people that are having that experience, also look after your own kind of mental health and maybe take in some of those other podcast episodes as well. So we hope that this episode was helpful to you. We wish you all the best in landing that job that you want. So Paige, could you share how they can get in contact with us? Absolutely, Carl. We welcome you to visit www.lifehabitspodcast.com to sign up for our newsletter and we will send you the show notes and links from the previous week's episode, along with an exclusive sneak peek of our upcoming episode. Visit the contact page to get in touch with us through our contact form, or simply send us an email to page at lifehabitspodcast.com. You will also find links to our social media pages, and we welcome you to ask questions, share comments, and recommendations for topics and guest ideas for future episodes by contacting us directly through email or on our social media pages. If you love the podcast, please give us a rating in the app you're listening to us on. And if you would like to contribute, please check out the support the podcast page. And we also have a buy me a coffee button at the bottom of our site. Contributions from listeners like you allow us to continue to bring you a new episode every week of the series that helps you to learn new habits, to optimize your life, and embrace an enlightened, healthy, and prosperous lifestyle. Please note, our website and show notes contain affiliate links, which means we may receive a small commission at no extra cost to you. And with that, Paige and I would like to thank you for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you next time, and bye for now.